are listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez, and before we get going, let me introduce the guys and girl. Over here on my right, we've got the one and only, we missed you last time, Mr. <laughs> Bobby Osinski. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. Yay. Bobby, it's so good to see you. Bobby, you sound good on this mic. Do I sound like my normal DJ self? <laughs> you look great you, on it, too. You sound my, better. <laughs> my, my FM voice. <laughs> and uh, and across the table, we've got the one and only Mr. Ken Kane. I'm back. It's two in a row. I, I think that's the most I've done. <laughs> it's two in a row. And uh, next to Ken, we have the one and only producer extraordinaire, Miss Bliss McGinnis. Hi, everyone. And finally, calling us from New York, right? You're in New York? Uh, let me check. Yes. <laughs> Mr. I've already spent 60 nights in this hotel this year. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Mr. The Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbiter. Hello, everybody. And I don't have my DJ voice. I have my Skype voice, but hopefully you can hear me okay. You know what? It's still, it's way more manly than I'll ever be. So Rob uh, needs, he needs his own theme song. <laughs> we should. Yeah. Because I don't have one. <laughs> and today we are honored to have with us as our guest on the Audio Nowcast, a really good friend of ours, producer of uh, many big artists, a great songwriter, DJ. This guy does it all and is driving a really nice car right now, <laughs> Mr. Jess Jackson. What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> How's my voice sound on this? Your voice sounds great. <laughs> Your voice sounds great. And you know what, Jess? Um, I know you're you're suffering from the jet lag, but you, your energy's still good. Yeah, right. And if, right. <laughs> 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 um, so we're going to be visiting with him, uh, especially on the second half, and find out what he's up to and talk a little bit about um, software companies involved with and some stuff. So it'll be really kind of cool. Hey, but um, before we get into the podcast, I want to talk about a few things. I'm going to give a podcast update. Um, we dropped all our back shows, our backlog of uh, podcasts um, last night. So we're all caught up. Oh. <laughs> and basically, it's been a long time. Um, we hadn't posted in many months, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, but essentially, we're the little podcast trying to find a house and trying to figure out where how this is all going to work. And, and it was a time for us to um, change some things and to start some things up. So like we told you last time, we're in a new uh, new facility right now over at Sound Brigade um, that can put together a really great podcast room. Um, and it's um, sponsored by Rode. And Rode ha- has, you know, we have all the mics and we sound great. And it's just really great. It's beautiful. You're home. You're home. We'll post some pictures for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also have, you know, we've done some stuff over at Rob's Place. And uh, so that's that's really great. So we have a, a lot of options and we have a lot of great places that we can do the podcast. Um, one thing we're doing right now is, you know, we can kind of consider this, I would say this is the equivalent of a restaurant's uh, soft opening because we're going to be changing the website. The website's going to be changing in about a month and it's going to get a brand new look. And basically we're going to be going into Audio Nowcast 2.0. And there's some really cool things that are happening. I mean, last uh, podcast we talked about spaces and we're shooting more episodes of that. Trying to figure out how we're going to roll that out. We don't know if we're going to do a, a Hulu or a Netflix and kind of dump everything at the same time or if we're going to go 
quarterly as they come out or weekly or monthly, <laughs> however they come out. So we're still trying to decide that. But um, we're going to have a teaser up pretty soon for the first one, and it's pretty cool. Um, we have some backlog videos that we're going to be putting up, uh, 360 videos that we're finishing up. Um, and uh, for some of the old podcasts, you can see some really – you'll see inside Rob's studio. Um, we're not going to do every podcast as 360 because – it was really cool the first time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but to be honest, um, 360 video is in kind of a really weird little flux right now. Um, it's 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 kind of faddish, and if Scott was here, I'm sure he would kind of argue with me, but the whole VR thing, you kind of get the feeling that it's a little bit like um, you know 3D TV, you know, maybe not quite that faddish, but it's just the adoption rate hasn't been as fast as they as they thought it was going to be and it came out of the the gate fast and then it just kind of kind of fizzed you know and there's some cool things and don't get me wrong we're still going to do a little bit i think it lends itself in especially some of the tours and some of the studios we're going into and things like that but as a whole a whole program on 360 you end up just parking it at a certain angle anyway. So it just, just didn't make sense. Um, so we're going to do some stuff there, but not as much. And then we're going to have some specials and, and we're going to, you know, there's, it's just, it's fun. We're doing a lot of fun stuff and I just want to keep everybody, um, um, up to date. Rob. And how many, uh, how many actual shows have we done? What number is this? This is show, this is, this is show 182. Woo. This is and you haven't missed one, Rob. This is show one eighty two, and uh, and we're going back. You know, we're going to be trying to do at least two a month as opposed to one a month. And um, we've got some <laughs> some really good guest lines up, and we've got some uh, good manufacturers. And basically, you know, after ten years, we had to change some things, but we're keeping. You know, what's going to stay the same is this dynamic that we have, the dynamic of of everybody talking and it and it sounds like you're just going to be with some friends and talk about a lot of geeky stuff, you know, because that's what makes the podcast. We haven't forgot that. Um, I do want to give a, a shout out. Um, and, uh, and I have to say this right now, but um, we've also included as part of our panel, um, producer Bliss McGinnis, and she's producing a lot of the stuff that we're doing. And she adds a great spark and she adds a female perspective. And so, you know, I just want to give every time we have a new panel member come aboard, we always give a little shout out and Bliss is going to be, she's our producer and uh, she really, in some ways keeps us accountable for a lot of things. And it's been really great. We've done some really good things. Thank you. It's such an honor. (laughs) So I love you guys. (laughs) Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's the update on the audio now cast and there's some great stuff happening and I just want to give a heads up that, um, we're doing spaces and if you're in the LA area, um, and you have a little studio, we're working on an episode with home studios. So shoot me an email, love to come over and see it. And that's some of the fun stuff that we're going to do. Um, cause it's not all about going to these giant studios, although we've been to some amazing studios. It's where people, where they work, you know, what they work in and their environment and things like that. So it's going to be great. It's like a really cool career day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you say so again. <laughs> uh, but I do know here we're going to be shooting. We're going to be doing one on Sound Brigade and we're going to probably do an episode over at Jess's studio. I've been trying to get into the Jess's place. And because uh, I, I know you're just put, you're putting together a new studio, right? Are you just, right, right. You, how far away are you? Are you? 
Um, now we're, we're just up the street in um, Sherman Oaks. How how far along are you on your oh, setup? Up the street. Um, we're we're pretty much done. Pretty much. Yeah, we just need air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a you have a unique space too because right. it's it's shipping. Wait, is it containers or what is it that yeah, you put? You put we, two. We took uh, two shipping containers and put them. We put them side by side, and then. Uh, yeah, on, on the top of Maholland, it's like overlooks the city. It's, That's great. Nice, nah, a crazy vibe. <laughs> so, is one like a control room and the other a live room? Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and the live room one kind of serves as like an additional control room if you want. But, you know, we had the, they're not that wide, so we had welders come by and like extend them out a little wider and make them a little bit more usable. And then we had to get like really um, specific about, you know, the soundproofing materials and stuff because you know you, you've got to take when you're building like a tiny home or a small space like that you have to every millimeter counts you know? yeah i can imagine well i'm looking forward to and we're, we're we're gonna come film film that place brother so oh yeah i'm looking forward to let's shoot it yeah let's do it i want to hear what, <laughs> what kind of monitors do you got in there oh it's, it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> all right i took the setup of kanye's tour bus and it's like <laughs> I got I got 218s on the floor. It's crazy. Do you, do you, yeah, no, it's do, crazy. Wait, 218s? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I have a little bass. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to keep it British as well. I got the tannoys. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I can't <Yeah>. wait. <laughs> and that's, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. I'm going to put a playlist together so I can come listen to the playlist. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's what we do half the time. We just listen to music. <laughs> We're not even doing it. That's the best. Wow. That's going to be great. Well, anyway, um, yeah. So all that to say, that's that's the update. And now let's move on. Hey, let's talk a little bit about some industry news. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the Mac and the Apple's non-announcement announcement. Um, Bobby, you want to give us a little rundown of basically what Apple said today? Well, Apple invited a select few journalists to one of their stealth manufacturing facilities and apparently it's uh there's in cupertino they have a a really big facility everybody knows about it looks like a flying saucer but then around cupertino in various little spots they have uh non-marked facilities and that's where everybody went and what they had was phil schiller who's an evp a couple of the other evps talking about how they really screwed up with the Mac Pro. <laughs> yeah, they did. And they realize it now, four years later, and they're going to rectify it, and apparently there's going to be a new Mac Pro coming out that's going to go back to the old silver ones that we love or something like that, where at least it'll be expandable and uh, will be um, much better. In the meantime, there's the the trash can. They're coming out with a, a new one, supposedly, at the end of the week. That's just going to be an upgrade and yeah. nothing special. I mean, the trash can wasn't a bad computer. They didn't really blow it until they stopped supporting it. Then they blew it because then, it you know, you go years and years and years with no update. If they would have updated it and kept it relevant, then nobody would have said anything. But the fact that it's so, so old. Rob. I, I think the next one, uh, instead of the trash can, it's actually going to going to be a sphere. Like it's going to be a ball that has no <laughs> on the bottom. So when you put it on the table, it's actually going to roll off the table. <laughs> I mean, but, 
Or you can just kick it out the window. (laughs) Look, good for them that they're going to update it. But let me tell you, Mac is the – they're so frustrating because I love them and I hate them all at the same time. Kind of like Avid, same thing. But um, the fact of the matter is is, is you you pay a premium to get into a Mac and they do some wonderful things like the the MacBook – the new MacBook Pros with the uh, the touch part. It's it's brilliant. Like I said last time, it's brilliant, especially when you're editing and you use that. It's just it's brilliant. But at the same time, they take away your ports and they take away your, your and it's they do all this form over function and it's ridiculous because they give your solution is dongles and they just they make you change cables and and it's just it's a fallacy. That whole form over function, it's just, it's a fallacy. This whole design aesthetic and the fact that they say it's getting better. I just think in some ways they're kind of lazy and not fitting technology into the way society works and with it right now. They want you to work with their technology. They're not, it's, it's kind of like the anti Apple. Their, their ethos is kind of anti what they say they are. You know, they're not friendly to human beings they're not they make you change things and and uh if you look at like when i have to plug in all my hard drives and everything with all the adapters into this thing it it looks like a, a porky it looks ridiculous right remember when i had we were doing some editing it's absurd it's absurd <laughs> it's obnoxious and it's embarrassing if you pull it out anywhere like at a coffee shop and it just like looks like a like a lobster or like crab <laughs> With all these tentacles, but um, it's just not really functional in that way, and it's frustrating when you can't find the little cord to plug in. It's like a game to try and find it in your bag. Well, what's interesting about that is I had the founder of Otherworld Computing on my podcast a couple weeks ago, and Otherworld Computing is... I think the biggest Mac peripheral dealer as far as drives and and RAM and stuff like that. So, and they've been around since 1988. So I was asking him, okay, so what's the deal on the new computers? And he, he said the the new MacBook Pro with the um, the strip and everything is an interim computer. It was never meant to be something new. It was let's get something out now so we have a refresh and the next one is going to be the big new laptop. Right. But this one was an afterthought almost. So, but imagine from their standpoint, now as users are all frustrated, but as, as a supplier, he's even more frustrated because he said they don't tell him anything. He says he gets to know first, but it's when it's released is when he hears about yeah, it. And, and and they rarely tell him ahead of time. So they're scrambling. He says they'll get a couple in, they'll tear it down to see you know what they can do and what they, they can add to it. But generally speaking, it's not like Apple really helps them either. And and this is somebody that, that's really in the ecosystem. Right. You know it it just it doesn't surprise me. Go ahead, Rob. And and it's not just especially with other world computing, it's not just with the obvious things you would think about like dongles and hard drive cases and that kind of thing. Like there was a whole big dust up about how Apple changed the way solid state drives and their, not to get too technical, but the way their sort of data cleanup would happen when you would delete files. And there were, uh, there were some, some standards that Apple used to support that they decided not to support anymore to try to get people to buy their own drives. And Otherworld Computing actually was the only company for a while that had solid state drives that would do the garbage cleanup properly. Uh, when no one else was able to figure out how to do that. And that that has settled down now because there are ways to trick your Mac into doing the garbage cleanup with other drives. But 
Other world computing, it's not like they just figure out what shape of adapter they have to come up with. They've had to do some serious engineering work. And for a while, I mean, it's still the case. I think that other world computing is the only company that makes hard drives that are compatible with certain versions of Macs and operating systems. Yeah. I'm talking about solid state drives. I, you know what? I just can't help it's, but I, I can't help but think that, that if Steve was still with us, that things would quite be this way. I, I just, I can't, I, I can't see him having this MacBook Pro with all these little plastic adapters. It just, just does not seem like the Apple of, of years gone by. It's just more challenges that you have to overcome in order to use your premium what? operating system. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like I buy this premium operating system and I want to use it, but I have to go through all these challenges to make it work for me. <laughs> Part of it, though, when the difference from when Steve was here till now is back then they had the attitude of we know better than our users and we're going to show you a better way to work. And a lot of times they were actually right. Right. But they've maintained that kind of arrogance without the delivery on the products that 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 deserve to change the way we work. Yeah, that's so true. Now, one of the things that OWC did do is they came out with a a dock that gave you all your ports back. That's it looks just like a, a new laptop, right? And it sits under it, and it's it's thin, but it gives you all those ports back. Well, right. and it's not expensive. It's only a couple hundred bucks. Right. Well. Um, that's something that I've been working with Dave at OWC, along myself, alongside Mike Dean, Kanye's producer, and, and we've been spearheading this product, which is essentially you unscrew the bottom plate of your MacBook Pro, you know, the touch bar one, and um, and then you screw in this new bottom plate, which is a little bit thicker, and um, there's a, uh, a essentially it's a USB-C type adapter which bridges the gap between the two things. Wow. And inside it, we can have up to 12 terabytes of uh, SSD storage and um, we have Ethernet ports and SSD ports and uh, – uh, sorry, not SSD ports. What's it called? Uh, SD, the, the, the little SD card thing for, right. for, okay. for graphic designers and cameras and um, uh, uh, Thunderbolt ports and you know what I mean? All, all the peripherals that you, you would need <laughs> and, um, and we're bringing that back but we're just testing it at the moment to see how it's going to – that's going to be, but that that should drop like third Mike quarter. Mike and I would be happy to <laughs> for you. Why don't you yeah. have one? Yeah, I was going to say, Jess, yeah. two words, beta user. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great, you know what, that's I mean, a great I mean, idea. You know, it's cool because USB-C, you, you, can, you can run multiple protocols over right. it at the same time. So it's not just uh, Thunderbolt or USB yeah. um, uh, 3.1. You know what I mean? It's, and it's Thunderbolt uh, 3, I believe. Yeah. But it's... Um, you know, you could you can run multiple uh, protocols over it simultaneously, which is unlike you know, um, uh, th- which is unlike Thunderbolt and like USB in the past because yeah. it's only been like one protocol at a time. Right. Hey, don't get me wrong. The the actual functionality besides the adapters is great. I mean, I love editing on my machine and. And I hook it up to a, I have a 12 terabyte external drive. I do all the video stuff. And then I have a small little one, um, which this Velcro right here, I Velcro it in and yeah. I can edit, you know, on I'll the do airplane. The same. I can yeah. edit anywhere. And, and I love it. I love that, but it's just to get to that and all the stuff that you have to go through. It's just, it's just ridiculous, you know? It's you need not, a doc. It's not. It should not require Velcro. I like <laughs> Jeff's solution. Doesn't sound <laughs> 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 like a guy. The thing is, though, well, we come into new problems. Like, what if you don't want to use so much battery power, and you don't want those extra four hard drives that you have inside it <laughs> on at all times mounted? Do you know what I mean? And I like, 
you know, these are the sort of things that we're, we're, we're encountering. But I think, um, you know, if, if we can get around those, those issues at the moment, it's like die cast aluminum and it's going to be, you know, at the moment it's sort of like, you know, it's very sort of beta-y. And I don't know if anyone here was at NAM, but uh, yeah, OWC was showing a, a, a very pre-prototype at their booth. Oh, wow. And um, I wish I would like stop. Brilliant idea. Yeah. yeah. I love I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> Seriously, that would be that would be a dream come true. Especially somebody like myself. Uh, I love to work. Like, I can work in my studio, but I love to work out and about. Sometimes I just like going to, like, Starbucks and editing. I did a whole little trailer, a whole version of it just at Starbucks because I just wanted to get – I'm a big believer if if you have uh, – you know, if you're in a creative block, just change your location. And, and you know, some sometimes just the vibe change will help you. Um, but so that would be perfect, man. 12 terabytes? God, that's just I have, I have a question about it, Jess. So if you – like to save battery, what if you unmount those internal drives? Do they stop drawing power there, or are they still drawing the same amount? I mean, these are the sort of these are the things that we're testing out at the moment. So it's not just a matter of unmounting them because they they would, like you said, they would still draw power. It's it's a matter of being able to turn them off and back on. So we we need to figure out a way of turning them on and back off. And then also, if you don't want the dock connected, you can you can you can you can unmount the dock completely or. You know what I mean? Like these are the things that we're sort of trying to figure out right now. But it's a good it's a good stage at the moment. Uh, we just have to we just have to iron out the um, the different method methods around it. But you know the thing is as well. It's it was like you guys were just saying that Apple keep changing the the products continuously. So to be a, you're kind of chasing your tail in a sense. You're always trying to change the product once the products you know changing, and you're you're basing your model around somebody else's model. And that's when it gets a little bit difficult. Yeah, that's a scary uh, business plan to be, you know, have all your eggs in basically one basket. Mm. The good thing is, uh, but USB-C is a great protocol. There's a lot of laptops, not just Apple, that have USB-C ports on them that if you can make it kind of universal, you know, to be able to f- to um, format those drives as, you know, yeah, it's NT- yeah NTFF, SF, and, and not have to stay with the... Uh, the Mac Journal stuff, oh, yeah. you, you may have a bigger, bigger market. And well, as we've all seen in the Apple universe too, yeah, the products may be ephemeral and they may be changing pretty quickly, but there is plenty of money to be made by being the flavor of the month, working with any one particular product. of it. So, you know, there, there've been plenty of products that were incredibly hot for a short time. Uh, and then you have the capital to be able to create the next one. But I think that, if you have a product as brilliant as this sounds and you get mass acceptance, it's worth doing, even if you know Apple's going to be changing things down the road. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Well, keep us, keep me posted, Jess. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, hey, is it done yet? <laughs> <laughs> hey, is it done yet? <laughs> you can help us figure it out. Man. Have as many as you like. I'll tell you one thing before we leave this MacBook Pro and uh, this topic on, on Apple. The fact that they have the power coming down the USB-C port is is brilliant because what you can do is you can get a USB to C cable and you can go on Amazon right now and and buy a you know a, a big ass you know battery that you can power all your stuff on and plug it in and, and charge it off that. So there's there's the external battery um, options for your MacBooks are gonna are gonna go up. There's gonna be a lot of really cool things that you're gonna be able to do. Um, because before the only option was you have to go to a company and they, you literally had to snip off the end because they had the, 
they had their proprietary end, but now that it's a USB cable, it's going to be a lot easier. And that's really important if you fly like long distance, like go to England or go to Japan or, you know, some of the places that, that we've shot in. It's, you know, it's, there's nothing worse than like you're on your computer and you have a two hour battery. And so your battery dies and you still have seven hours left on the airplane. <laughs> oh no, I just use Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you can sleep on the plane. There's some of us that can't sleep on the plane. <laughs> you got to take three. I book, my, I book my flights now based on which flights have AC outlets on them. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> seat, I'll tell you a seat guru, man. When I found seat guru, that What's seat guru, seat guru, yeah. you're entering your flight and when it's leaving, and it. And let's say you're going to book a flight. It'll tell you all the information about the seat that you're trying to get into. It'll tell you if it has AC. It'll tell you if it's a good seat. It'll tell you even if it's like, hey, this seat is kind of close to the restrooms and you're going to, you know, it's, it, it may well, not be. Review, you get actual reviews written by people who've sat in that seat before. <laughs> <laughs> I use that. I mean, I fly so much. I use it all the time. Yeah. See, I would just give all the good ones reviews so no one sits in them. Believe me. Let me just tell you, Seat Guru, it's, it's like, it's, I love that site. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on. Well, for the record, I want to say that I love my MacBook Pro tentacles and all. <laughs> yes. Yes, Mac. So. The, look, there's the it's it's a premium, and despite all that, we still go to it because it's it's a great operating system, and they and it works. It works really well. The new one you're talking about, the latest version. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I I love it. I mean, I do. A, we're we're editing spaces on it, and I'm I'm working on a couple other projects, and it's it it works so well. And I, you know what, I've got I've got a Windows machine, and I've and I have Premiere on that, and and um, it's it's actually faster than my but my Mac, but it's, you know, the Apple ecosystem, it just works really, really well. They got that um, for the touch bar now, like Premiere. Yeah, they've got, the, all of them are updated and, and um, it's it's really great. You can scrub your your footage and, and it's, it's, the touch bar is actually when I first, when I first heard about it, I was really skeptical, but the more I use it, the more it makes sense, you know, so... Um, so it, you do use it, though, yeah? I use it a lot. I do. I do use it a lot. Yeah, so. I'm a really bad speller, so when I'm typing, it'll auto-spell like spell the word. I'm like, oh, my God, and I can just touch the bar and not have to even guess what the word is that I'm trying to spell. It makes life so much easier. Yeah, and, and when you're editing and you're working around your timeline, you can keep your timeline at one one size, but then you can see a mini version on the touch bar yeah. so that it's kind of like a universe view in Pro Tools. Right. So if you want to go to that part, boom, you just – Touch oh, that's it, kinda cool. and it takes you there. It's really handy. It's like having a, a second screen that is all function and super, super tiny. <laughs> and it, like, anticipates what you want next. Like, when you open up a new tab, like, it just it has everything laid out there for you, That of the sites that you visit the most. Yeah, so it's it's definitely um, – it's, it's pretty cool, and uh, I like it. So despite the fact that we just spent, you know, a good 10 minutes ripping at the shirt. <laughs> In the end, we well, love it. I mean, you know, you yeah. use your iPhone for everything pretty much. And yeah. then the only thing I use my computer for now is like Pro Tools and Ableton. And, yeah. You know it's the work. Like, That's the only thing I use mine. Cause you I, know, and those things don't, aren't compatible with the touch bar yet. So, yeah. you know, it's like I, I haven't really had the opportunity to use it. 
Once it, once I'm sure they will, but once it once it does, it's pretty it's yeah. pretty cool. It's pretty handy. Well, I had I had a meeting with Avid the other day, and you know, I sent I sent to them, you know, you got to get the touch bar going, and they were like, yeah, we haven't really messed with it yet, and yeah, that, maybe you can help us come and start. And it, and I was surprised because you know I would have thought that they would have been one of the first on it. No, they are, and when they do. And you know, put it in the software. They're going to charge you another four hundred dollars because you're going to have to have a Touch Bar license to use the Touch Bar. And and oh, you're crazy, Mike. Don't, don't get me started on crazy. You know, the pro- Touch Bar will be the Touch Bar will be free, but you need a license to use your own finger. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, don't, oh man, just Avid and Pro Tools. It's just they're another company. I look. I, no, I had, love the Avid guys. I can't say a, a bad word. Don't, don't say – you know what? You don't say a bad word. Okay. All right? You don't have I'm, to say anything negative. You, I'm not saying nothing negative. No. You are so positive. Yeah, positive. It's, you're beaming right now yeah, with positivity. Avid's the best. Avid is the best. And it's not like – I actually had a listener email me and ask me why I hated Pro Tools, why I hated Avid. And I don't hate Avid. I just really frustrated with them because I use their products and I'm actually a big – big supporter of Pro Tools. I've used Pro Tools. Pro Tools gave me my career. Pro Tools gave me the podcast. Pro Tools, you know, literally gave me a living. It was the best thing I ever did years ago was just to to dig into Pro Tools and to learn it. But what's frustrating is the way it's being run on the high level. And and even the the mid-level guys and most of the guys that I've met are, are really great. They're just really good people. But man, they've made some just Horrible decisions. Their stock is down to four dollars and fifty four cents. Yeah. It's really bad. They're in a dangerous situation, and um, it just it it frustrates me. So a lot of times when I speak out against that, I'm speaking out of frustration. The fact that they're constantly trying to get another buck out of their user base, you know, and they're not broadening their user base. They're just charging you thousands of dollars to use something that you've already you know paid for, and it's it's just really frustrating to. To have to, you know, they're so corporate. And yes, I know everybody's corporation, but I just think they're just making wrong mistakes because they're people that don't understand how their users really work. And I, I firmly believe that. And it starts at the top and works its way down. And you know what? It'd be different if their stock was going up and it was really successful, but they're just piling debt and their stock is going down, down, down. And it's like penny stock status. And and you got guys that are doing all this speculative investing because I read all this stuff on um, on the Financial Times and they're doing all this like based on Avid was down 12%, which was like, you know, 15 cents. You know what I'm saying? And they're, so, so they're investing all this money on these small little moves and it just doesn't look good for them. Anyhow, but they're all great, Jess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is it used to be a bit different, didn't right. it? I mean, you know, it was, it was Avid was really the leader in terms of like, 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 like recording digitally. Yeah. But I think nowadays you got Ableton's getting so much yes. better. Um, uh, 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 Cubase and Nuendo uh, are crazy good. Uh, you've got guys using FL Studio even doing some stuff that you can't do in Pro Tools. FL Studio is great. And, and, you know what I mean? And like the thing is, is in the last year to two years, it's kind of changed drastically to where if Ableton just added playlisting and quick punch records, it's kind of like you, you wouldn't need Pro Tools right. anymore, you know? So, so I think that Avid as much as I love them and use their products and, and help them with everything. I think that, um, I think that, you know, that, that they've got to be a little bit careful in this space because, um, 
you know, you, you know, because there's there's other guys coming along that are, yeah, you're that are really doing some great stuff. You're 100 percent right. Like for instance, um, you know, traction with Waveform, they're just uh, they're just coming out. And they're a hundred dollars, and they do like if you want a basic DAW and you want a great sound, that I you know that's a really great one. The other one is um, Studio One. I bought Studio One for my tiny little. Um, uh, PC that I have this little little tiny ultra thin book that I that I take when I fly sometimes, and I'm I run Studio One on that and it just runs really good and you have a couple little select plugins and it's 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 just great and the the price for that whole thing was like three hundred dollars it was it was not much at all and then you've got Logic you know on an Apple side where you know it's what two hundred dollars now it's it's and I, I don't know I just I love. I love Pro Tools, and I just think if if, if Logic has like what two developers? Yeah, there's <laughs> <laughs> like four developers on yeah. the whole Logic team. Or something. <laughs> but here's the thing with with Pro Tools: all all somebody if somebody came along and had a DAW where a Pro Tools user could sit down and figure it out without looking at a manual, I think I think it would be really that could be a game changer you know because a lot of these ones but it would have to have all the post features well that's what i'm saying but but even still like back in the day you would say hey you need to have machine control you don't need machine control anymore you know you would need to support all these protocols and you don't really need to do that you know all you need to do is basically resolve to a clock and then a lot of times the clock will take care of itself you know and you just reclock your clock whatever it is and whatever and a lot of that stuff is taken care of by your interface so you don't it, it's not the same the same well, way as it used to be but you do need you do need a level of project organization and interchangeability yes. yeah. especially the post side of things absolutely so that's that's what i'm saying if if somebody came out with with a with a, a product that a pro tool engineer could sit down and and be familiar because they don't have they don't have you know a copyright on on the workflow you know their workflow is very board oriented you know it, you can it, if you're familiar with the mixing board then you're familiar with how to work you know pro tools and the same terminology anyway we're not going to spend any more time on that we're going to actually take a break and then uh, when we come back um, we're going to visit a little bit more with jess because this guy is a wise dude <laughs> yeah, right. and he's going to let us know what he's up to and we're also going to talk a little bit about um, um some software and uh, a few other things so we'll see you on the other side Listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the LA area? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back to the Audio Nowcast. And before the break, we were uh, talking uh, Mac and talking Pro Tools. And there's a lot of love. Jess has a lot of love for Pro Tools and love. for Avid. Just lots of love. Just want to just want to continue to say that. There's nothing but love. Love. You know, when you look at Jess, you just, <laughs> nothing but love. <laughs> you guys are crazy. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they're hey. walking distance from here, right? <laughs> I mean, they are. I can yeah. walk there from here. Well, yeah. It's a little bit of a long walk, but there is a walk. Yeah. It's just right down the street. 15 minutes. Yeah, and uh, during the break, we were uh, had a really interesting discussion about uh, Rob's status of super platinum diamond ruby class on American because he has like fourteen got, like, a million miles. Yeah, <laughs> Rob gets to go on before the pilots. That's how that's how many miles he has. I just regret that during all my uh, 
touring days with Stevie, it wasn't always on the same airline. Oh, I, I know. Mean, that was the worst, right? That would have been a zillion miles by now. I don't even know how many it would have been. <laughs> a zillion. Anyway. Too many to calculate. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to move on. And uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about is one of the reasons why Jess is here, not only because he's a great guy and a producer and he's done a, you know, worked with everybody from Justin Bieber to Tyga to everybody. Um, and actually, he had a really good DJ career too. You know, I did, I did my homework, man. I, I, the first time, <laughs> see, and I remember all this stuff. Yes, um, but um, Jess is also one of the uh, the principal owners of Antares, and uh, Antares makes Auto Tune, and it's probably, you know, there's a couple key pieces of software and a couple key pieces of gear that really define, you know, music, and you have to put you have to put Antares and you have to put Auto Tune in there. They that product literally changed the way music was made and. Auto-tune is really controversial. There's there's a lot of people, there's all these pros and all these cons, and, and you know, some people get on their soapbox and some people um, have a career <laughs> because of auto-tune. But um, um, can you talk a little bit about how long have you, you know, been involved with Antares? When did you, when did you pick them up? Um, no, I, I want to hear about like the pros and the cons. <laughs> I want to hear this argument. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so basically, it, it landed completely randomly on a, on a friend of mine's desk, and he's in private equity, and uh, it was a deal that came by the uh, the owners or the previous owners now were were selling the company. So. Um, Obviously, I know a lot about it. I've been using it for 12 hours every day for the last 10 years. So, uh, you know, I'm always looking for, like, additional investments outside of the music domain. Right. To, like, broaden my portfolio and real estate and stuff. And it's it's all very well putting your money into music. But um, I find, like, you know, it's, it, in this day and age, I think it's smart to diversify your income. Absolutely. So um, so when I, when I saw this deal, I knew I could do a lot with it. And... Um, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to see if I could uh, purchase the company from them. So I, I got on a flight up there with um, with with my partner who who bought me the deal, and um, we checked we checked them out. You know, we checked the company out. We went and had a long meeting with them, and then and we put in our bid for the the, the deal, and um, and we ended up actually not winning the deal. We lost to another company. Really? Yeah, this is how the story goes. So, um, so this is about four or five months ago, and um, but I still had all these great ideas, you know, and I was kind of bummed out. So I reached out to the 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 guys who won the deal, and I contacted him directly, and I said, "Look, I've, you know, I was I was the guy that was going against you guys, you know what I mean, in the right. deal, and um, and I would love to work with you, and would you be interested in having a meeting?" And he said yes, and uh, so we sat down at a, a burger place, and we had a little meeting, and um, and and I pitched him on my ideas, you know, to grow the product and for the you know the future of the company, and um, he allowed me to invest at the original investment rate in which he invested in, and um, come on as, as his partner. So, um, so it's just myself and him, and. Um, and we've owned the company now for four months. Wow. Uh, and uh, it's quite interesting because the previous owner, Andy, as you know, you know that they wanted to retire. He was 71. Right. He's 
he's, he's had a long run with it and, and Georgie, his wife as well. And, um, you know, they, uh, they had, they had a great run with it and Andy's the brains behind it. He invented it, you know, as an off chance, you know, like, and, um, he wanted to, um, he, he wanted to still be involved after he retired. So we kept him on as a, um, as a programmer and as an ideas guy. And so he's still with us and we're just looking at, uh, we're, we're looking at doing like some amazing things, right? And amazing things now. And you don't have to, obviously, you know, we don't have to spill any, uh, any beans, but that's, first of all, that's fantastic because it's always great to see a company move on and go to another set of hands that understands it and understands the product. And that actually makes me feel really good about, about Antares and, and about Autotune because you use it, you use it all the time and you understand it. So you, you have a really great understanding. And I think right. that's, that's great. That, and that also the network that I'm in, all, all my friends use it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all my, all my friends who really, really use it are the guys that are complaining to me about it. And I'm thinking like, why are they complain? I don't. I have nothing to do with this company. Like, why are they come? You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone's like bitching about everything, and you know, I, I was. I, and then when the deal came to me, I thought this is great. I can fix all the stuff that all my friends have been bitching at me about for the last ten years. You know, yeah. We all bitch about it. It's like this doesn't work properly. There's too much latency there. This, uh, you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, latency will always be the one thing that like. You can never have. It was like, the sound. Be, I mean, yeah. everyone still. Yeah. Everyone I know from, you know, whether it's uh, you know Mike Dean, who's a, a very close friend of mine and pretty much my mentor, who does you know Travis Scott, Kanye right. West. He's done everyone. He's you know eighteen Grammys. He's done done everyone. But from him to uh, Josh Goodwin, who's Bieber's engineer, to oh god. I mean, Stu, who's Beyonce's engineer. I mean, everyone still uses version five of AutoTune, which is like, you know, a million years old. Yeah. And you have to use an old version of Pro Tools, which means you have to use an right. old operating system. Yeah. And so basically everyone's carrying around computer A <laughs> um, with Pro Tools 12.7.1 and then computer B with like, Mavericks and Pro Tools 10, 10 on it just yeah. so they can run AutoTune or they're running some sort of like emulator because AutoTune 5 has a different sound. It's not just the latency. Yeah. So, and it's the sound that they like about it. And it's, I, I mean, that's why I always still use no, it. No, I know a lot of people that are, that they don't go past 10 because of AutoTune. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And also live rigs. There's a lot of live rigs that are out there that are basically based right. on, on five. I mean, they're taking a, a live rig with autotune and they have, this is actually, they have a person there who will change the key of the songs. Um, in between songs, in between songs, in between songs to, so that they can autotune the, the singer. I mean, right. <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, it's, it's what happens. <laughs> well, did you, I guess you don't have to tell us this either, but once you got in there, did you dig in and do any shootouts about the sound and then test yeah, and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. Well, it was an argument that me and Andy had because, you know, when I first, when I first went up for the meeting with him, you know, I said, you know, five sounds different. He said, no, it doesn't. I said, no, no, no. Like five sounds different, Andy. You know, and he was like reluctant. He was like, you know, I was like, with all due respect, you know, it, it does sound different. And 
he said, no, it's the exact same algorithm. There's not, no difference in, in the algorithm. You know, it's just, it's the same code. And I said, well, how could it sound different if it's the same code? So I said, would you mind, like, and I, I'm not trying to be rude here, but if you double check the code and just see if there's any sort of like differences. And he wrote me an email two days later saying that he had found a piece of code that was different in five. And that is why it sounds a little bit more like metallic and a little bit different. So I was quite happy to find that email because it, <laughs> it just confirms what we've all been saying for years. You know? So was that, did they update it? Was that fixed? No, we haven't. We're, we're looking to bring gotcha. it back. What? You know what though? They got a feature. That's, yeah. I mean, but that's actually, once again, without your understanding, that would have never been hunted down and it right. would have gone in. Hey, Rob, you do a ton. I know you did a ton of auto tune on, uh, you know, working for the band that you were working for before. What were you using? Were you using auto tune or were you using uh, Melondine? Well, I, I've used both. I mean, I would often use auto tune. To me, auto tune was always more noticeable. I mean, you can use it subtly, but auto-tune, usually I would be using it because I wanted that sound. I wanted that effect. And a lot of times, if I wanted something to be completely transparent, I would use uh, Melodyne. And Melodyne does some amazing tricks. I actually did a session a couple weeks ago where I took a very complex recording and had to change you know, one note from within a very wide spectrum of different notes. Right. And that direct note access stuff that Melodyne does is, is freakishly amazing. And I was able to basically... It was a group of singers, and I was able to change the tuning of one of the singers' notes and leave everybody else the same where they had been. So the direct note access and the transparency of Melodyne I love, but I've used Auto-Tune a ton for the, for, for the sound that it has. I mean, usually when I'm using Auto-Tune, I'm not trying to mask the sound. I want that effect. Right. Mm. Really popular sound. Although I do have my friends that um, do some stuff over in Dallas, and they have a uh, uh, their own little label. Um, he is one of your biggest fans he loves auto-tune and they auto-tune all their vocals and and to be honest there's this whole thing about you know whether you should auto-tune and in the the ethos of auto-tune and what auto-tune brings and he does such a great job with auto-tune you can't tell a lot of times that he's he's actually using auto-tune a really good auto-tuner can do some amazing effects and you not know that it's that it's out of tune that's the whole trick isn't it yeah that's the whole thing especially and it's not just the tuning it's it's the format and it's it's getting the rhythm it, it, there's a lot of it yeah there. but it's also what should you tune because let's face it a natural vocal isn't completely entirely in tune that's true so it, i mean if you force everything to be in tune it's not going to sound natural you, right yeah i mean you could no, that's... Tuning is art form. Auto-tune is an instrument. I mean... Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, when I melodyne things, I put, like, I, I find that, like, the ear, I find, like, the ear listens to the end of the words. So, like, as long as as long as where you end is in tune, then you're kind of like, you're okay. You can start and go kind of weird places, but when you end on the note, then your brain kind of calculates that as it being in tune if that makes sense yeah yeah you know what yeah. i mean but like if you kind of if if you're if you're if you're in tune for the whole of the note and then at the end it, it drifts off yeah then your brain kind of goes oh that's a bit flat oh. and that's the same way you listen to a live singer like if you hear someone going for that killer high note or whatever 
your your initial reaction is, are they going to get there? Are they going to get there? Right. So it's always about right. where they left. <laughs> right. So are true. they going to get there? It's the end. It's the end that counts, isn't it? But Absolutely. You, always. You're right about that. But, you know, there's a lot of people that, that – are anti autotune. I mean, you, you read yeah. it in articles, you read these articles with these singers and you read it with the producers and they're like, oh, I wouldn't use autotune. We'll just have them do it again and blah, 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 blah. And all. back in the day. And I, I, I mean, there's, I, I just think, I don't know. I am not anti autotune. I think it's another tool and it's how you use it. Now, is there certain situations where I don't want to see autotune? I'll tell you a situation where I don't want to see autotune. When I'm in a juke joint, and you're listening to the blues and it's right. a guy playing the guitar and a drummer and a bass player and they're doing their thing. You don't want out of tune, right? You just want it to be all personality. Now, on the other hand, Ken Scott told me a story where the first four David Bowie albums were all first or second take, all the vocals. So it just goes to show you sometimes people are so good. <laughs> well, that's true too. I mean, no. you know. You... Well, let's face it also. Frank Sinatra was always flat. Stevie Wonder is always sharp. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome and you wouldn't want to change it. Like there's no rule that says something has to be in tune for it to be good. I mean, it's a lot, a lot I of like times things the emotion actually. comes from things being out of tune. Yeah. But, but you know what? But even like Stevie Wonder being sharp, I mean, he just had the band – we just changed our tuning, so it's like we we came up with him. So as, <laughs> no as long as as long as everybody no, was, I'm not talking about him being at 442. I mean, stylistically, <laughs> if you listen to his vibrato at the end of a long note, he always drifts sharp, and you can always tell which singers are influenced by him because they do the same thing. Their right. vibrato drifts sharp at the end. Was he at 442? Uh, yeah, we talked about this last time. He's yeah. he, we had to read everything, like our racks of sense and all that. We had to every single one. We had to. Go up to four forty two. Was that's yeah, where his ear went? Yeah, but surely his ear is relative to what you guys are doing. Right? Surely his pitch is relative to the music he's singing oh, to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So if then you go if you're sharp, then he can be even sharper. Yeah, but absolutely. Right? And he's not it's not like he's two cents sharp. I mean he's way sharp. If you listen, it's a stylistic thing he's done since he was a kid. He shows But I will <laughs> but I will say this though, I will say that sharp to the human ear sounds a lot nicer than flat. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Especially I always say when I'm auditioning a singer, like if I'm working with a young artist who's just learning to sing, if they're natural out of tuneness is flat. I always shy away. If their natural out of tuneness is sharp, I always say we can work with this. Yeah, right. yeah. right. I, I just think with technology and a lot of times people are looking to be entertained, you know, and I don't care if you're auto tuned or not. If it depends on what kind of music, for instance, um, I saw Britney Spears in concert, right. And you know, Britney Spears is there's vocal mastery on her. Like if you listen to her records, like, they just do some things with their vocals because they do things with their vocals. Um, and then, and live, you know, she's practically well, singing. You're being politically correct. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but look, but the point is, is it doesn't matter what happens. It's like when you hear the song in concert or in a club or something, yeah. it's, it's pumping. It's great. It has a great hook. It has All a right. great vibe. It has a great feel. Do I really care what kind of, vocal gymnastics they had to do to get her to sound like well, that? Like, it's, it's like Bobby Summerfield, it's, he's not here with us today, right? But like he was telling me the other day that like, you know, when, when everyone would call him back on two-inch tape, everyone used to, once the 
you know, because you have to go back and forth off tape so many times. There's so many channels, right? Right. So you have to comp this, comp that, and go back and forth. And then when you had your final piece of tape, the tape had oxidized from being played, you know, rewound and fast forward so many times because of the takes and everything else to the point where they would just speed it up, very speed it up just slightly, just by a touch, you know, to bring the treble back because the treble had worn away from the oxidization. And when you did that, you know, the vocals got a little bit brighter and sharper and, you know, and, and the pitch of the song wasn't in 440 anymore. Right. So, yeah. so you know, that goes to say something as well. Vibrato gets tighter, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like what we would do nowadays with house music and... You know, with those kind of songs, you speed it up a little bit. It makes makes the song a little bit more exciting. Yeah. You know, you got to think about, like, everyone who did that back in the day, like, from Michael Jackson to Paul Abdul to, yeah. like, you know? I mean, there's definitely there's definitely tools that have been done to affect the vocals all the time. And I just think when people get in their high horse and they're like, you know, get all anti-autotune and stuff like yeah. that. You hear that a lot, actually. I, get, I, I own the company, right, and I, I get anti-auto-tune too like why did they use it so like so drastic you know what i'm saying it's like (laughs) you're gonna call them out stop it yeah (laughs) like no but you you know what i'm saying it's a stylistic thing so on some songs don't need it like that you know you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna get the we're gonna put together a list of offending eyelocks and that way you can go in there and Uh, (laughs) you cannot use the software (laughs) blacklist they're using cracks anyway (laughs) those guys are using the crack <laughs> wow. But they probably just pick a setting. They don't know what they're right. doing. I mean, they just right. Number 3. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, and oh, also it's great. like yeah. And and also, <laughs> you know what I mean, when you're working with like rappers and people that don't particularly have tone in their voice, it's like, you know, you need to have a fast setting in order for it to convey because otherwise it's not going to catch, you know. So. Oh. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's right. like, otherwise they're just like... Yeah, because you need to, it needs to pop. It can't yeah. sound, you know... Well, you know, I don't know, have you ever sung through autotune before? Have I ever sung yeah. through it? No. I've made funny monster noises and things like that, yeah. but I've never... Do you mean live? Yeah, in real time. Like, had your headphones on. And, no. Yeah. It's interesting because it's, it's not as magical as you might think it is. It's, there's, there's artistry to it because if you sing too flat, it'll pull you to the note below. Oh, that's true. And if you sing too sharp, it'll pull you to the next note up. So it, you have to still, you, you, it, th- there's a way that you sing, you learn to sing with it and you use it as a tool. You know what I mean? And even rappers that rap through it, they have to rap in a key. And you, you, right. there's a, there, you, it takes a lot of time practicing singing through it in real time to get good at it. So they're monitoring it while they're, I think that's see, what I was going to yeah, ask. See, that, I, that, that sounds weird. I, I wouldn't use it that way. I'd just say, hey, do your thing and, your and thing, we'll fix it for the <laughs> Right, just put know. it in front of oh, house. No, no, no. Like, they want to sing through it in real time. Wow. Yeah. That would be weird. Well, that's why, isn't that why Antares came out with that one rack space module uh, that just had it built into hardware for live use, right? Right. Well, I wasn't obviously – I mean, I never used that, but I think that was mainly for um, for live purposes. Yeah, yeah, that's you what would it means. Because I mean, we played with that thing, you would you'd get used to singing through it, but it became something that you'd actually sing directly through it. You'd hear it back in your monitors, and the audience would hear it too, and it was just like a real time processor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why they developed that. I was asking Andy about it, and he was just. I mean, back then computers weren't really powerful enough to run many instances of auto tune. Right. You know? It was like it was. You know, you could have one or two. But that wasn't cheap either. It was relatively expensive. Yeah. Right. 
I, I can't. I don't remember. Was it only one channel, or was it multiple channels? Yeah, it was one, channel. one channel. It was just one oh. channel, and I, I think it was like wasn't it like eighteen hundred bucks or twenty eight hundred bucks? I mean, it was not inexpensive. Um, I mean, we we bought one at the time because Stevie wanted to play with it as an effect because it's cool the way it quantizes your pitch, and you could set a scale in it, and then it would only let your pitch get quantized to certain notes in the scale. Right. So we would set it for certain scales that work with certain songs, and then he would do crazy vocal things because. Let's face it, if you have the scale set, you can go uh, uh, like this, <laughs> and it's going to sound like you're playing those notes on the keyboard because uh, it's only going to allow those notes to come through. So like, it's a real-time fun thing. It was it was cool in concert to play with. Well, uh, yeah, I just think auto-tune is just another tool. I, I mean, I can understand people not not wanting it, and there's a certain segment where you want real music, and there's something glorious about Listening to a real vocalist. Well, you, you know, you yeah. know the plugin that we do sell, which is like, we, is is like super creative and like super fun to use. Which, which is, it's, it's 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 called the Harmony Engine, and it's kind of like the plugin that sort of like is under everyone's radar, but it's like the best thing that, in my opinion, that we we do. And what it is, it's it's auto tuned, but it's four auto tunes in one plugin, and you know, you set your key and your scale, and it creates a harmony around your voice, right? So like, so like, you know, you get your third, your fifth, your right, seventh, right, and right. then you get your lower octave and your higher octave. Yeah. I, I, and you I, can mix in your original auto-tuned source at the same time. I, I'm familiar with it because I may or may not have a friend that's on this podcast, or maybe he's not on this podcast, who's a vocalist and independent artist who... May or may not have it on some of his songs. <laughs> How's that for walking? Fine. No, it's a fantastic product. That, That's that part of the Avox collection. <laughs> is that what that is? It's, um, it's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used it actually to make a, a monster voice. Where this, I worked on a film where there was three women that were stitched together. So the the director wanted the voice the voice to sound like three women. So we used it. Yeah. Sound pretty cool. I'm guessing, <laughs> again, I'm guessing, Meryl, I'm guessing Meryl Streep wasn't playing one of those women. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, <laughs> and Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Three unknowns. <laughs> no, no, but that actually, I'm glad you brought that up because Antari does make a lot of, it's not just Yeah, we have like 18 plugins. Yeah, you make some really great stuff. And and they do a lot of great things with, you know, pitch and, and um just sound, sound in general. So um, yeah, and we're looking at developing more plugins too. So it's not, you know, we want to do, we want to do more. You know, we want to broaden our horizon and and do some more creative stuff. Maybe not just with pitch as well, but you know, with with different tools. And, well, if you ever come up with a DAW that a Pro Tools guy can <laughs> <laughs> can sit down. Well, I just think you know, Auto Tune is is you know, it's pros and cons, and there's some good good times that you can use it, and there's but there's also something good about pure you know not having to hide behind technology and just to hear somebody saying you know uh for instance like cutting direct to disc yeah or or just without auto yeah, yeah it's it's not fair it's not fair to lump in auto-tune as an effect that you're specifically wanting to hear versus auto-tune that's being used surgically exactly, to repair yeah. things because it can be used very organically in a way that even a great singer is just helped slightly by it i i oh yeah for years, a large part of my career was using auto-tune to fix vocals on, on by artists who would not want it publicly known uh, necessarily that we were using auto-tune for them. But it really, 
every now and then was the perfect tool to fix something. That's very different than a rapper wanting to, you know, uh, rap through it in full quantized mode where it's allowing no pitch variations and it sounds right. very robotish. Right. You know, auto tune is, is multiple things. Well, we, we just released a new version actually. I don't know if you've ever used um, version 8.1, but it's, um, it has a feature called flex tune and what it allows you, Rob is to, I mean, I don't know if you ever use auto tune on like, um, a jazzy kind of singer that like, you know, that drifts between notes, but what flex tune does is it says, all right, the singer's now trying to drift. I won't snap the note to the next note just yet. And they wait until they get there and then it snaps it to the note. So, so basically it allows any sort of, um, natural jazzy vibrato parts or, or, um, drifts to, uh, to exist without that sounds like a great idea yeah, That's, I, I, yeah. without I affecting i'll check it out i mean that used to be speed. one of the differentiators with melodyne is that melodyne kind of thought that way but if if you have it now where autotune can think that way that should be a huge improvement yeah i mean that's out at the moment and you can try it out like if you want to download the demo or whatever and it's um is 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 out at the moment and it's quite interesting because it still allows you to have a fast retune speed and um, you know, you also have a uh, relaxed and choosy, you know, on the, on the plugin. So you've got relaxed and choosy, so you can have, That's fantastic. But, but, but flex tune allows you to, um, have it in classic mode or flex tune mode. And you can sort of like, it's a mix knob, so you can ch- change your variance of how much or how little. And, um, yeah, as the singer's singing, it just, it won't affect the drift. So allow, so it can sound a lot more organic and a lot more natural. Cause that was one of the main complaints from users was right. that, you know, if you had a jazzy singer and someone that had a lot of vibrato in their voice or a lot of like modulation, that it would um, correct it too much. But then if you turn this, add a lot of, sorry, does it add a lot of latency or is it about the same? Um, it depends in what mode you're using it in. 8.1 does have a lot more latency than, than version five. It does. But because it has to have a sense how long the drift is, I guess. Right, but it does have it does have a um, a low latency button on it, which um, which which brings the latency down quite low, so you could sing for it live in real time. But it does use more CPU power. Wow, that's I'm looking forward to playing with it. That sounds cool. That's actually really cool. And look, it, just straight talk, straight from uh, straight from the manufacturer. That's pretty awesome. Boom. That is pretty awesome. Um, really quick, uh, Bliss, as a consumer, do you care about how the vocal gets there or do you just like to hear what you listen to? Does any of this matter to you one way or the other? Yes, it matters. I do care um, about how it's made. I'm fascinated by that. I mean, I work in behind the scenes and entertainment. Like I want to know how things are made. I want to learn from it. I'm fascinated by it all. And um, so, yes, I think this is amazing information. Now, does it, now do you look down and now I'm going to open this up for everybody. Does anybody look down about artists that use, that use autotune? Does anybody um, look down at, at the whole, you hear, you see it, you read about the argument. Well, well, yes, I do with artists that rely on it because there's an element of laziness to me. I mean, if you don't want to sit and get a vocal, at least in the ballpark to begin with, then you're lazy, you know? And if you're just thinking that, Oh, auto tune will fix it. You know, I'm uh, that was good enough. Auto tune will fix it. 
Yeah, see that that bug bugs me. Yeah. But just just but, yeah. I don't respect those artists. Yeah, but just using it as a tool, you know, no problem. Sure, we get lots of tools we what about the artists that can't get it, yeah. that need autotune? What about that slippery slope? They should just get a different job. <laughs> I mean, but 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 once again, the end result, if you really like the end result, does it really matter? Does it matter? That used to be a very lucrative career for me was dealing with artists who relied on autotune because autotune still has to be – autotune is still best in the hands of someone with ears and musical experience. and. There's a whole cottage industry of people who are very good at using autotune and, and are able to charge a, a nice sum for it. It's the job. I, well, I mean, I think besides pitch, right, you've got cadence, you've got timing, you've got attitude, you've got all of these other things to think about, right? So sometimes when I'm cutting a vocal with someone, say if I'm, vo- say if I'm vocal producing, uh, uh, I don't know, Chris Brown or whoever, right? Say if if if, if we've done... 10 takes of the same line, 20 takes of the same line. And we're kind of over that, overcutting that, that, that line now. Yeah. It's kind of like, what are we going for here? Are we trying to get perfect pitch? Are we trying to get perfect cadence and delivery and timing? I mean, hopefully we get all, all four things. Right. You know what I mean? But like, if we can get, if we can get perfect timing, if that, if, if we can get perfect cadence, if we can get perfect, uh, uh, attitude and it's believable then and the pitch is a bit shady so we can fix the pitch afterwards then it's like i'll keep that take yeah. you know what i mean but if we couldn't fix the pitch up pitch afterwards i'll go for pitch and i think a lot of the artists back in the day when i listen i was listening to beatles earlier it's quite interesting but it's like a lot like their pitch was on but sometimes like the vocal didn't sound like it was being delivered like with the best at a, like I think, right. you know what I mean. Yes, Sometimes you yes. hear things and you're like, "That could have sounded, that could have been more believable." That line, or you know what I mean. It's yeah. like, and but but the pitch. I mean, they, their pitch was on. So it's like, but look at Bob Dylan. Was he was always if out. the attitude and the emotion. If the attitude and the emotion are right, everything else can be fixed because you can't adjust the timing and the pitch. But yeah. the attitude and the emotion. There's definitely no plug-in. I mean, if you could come yeah. up with something called "auto mean it," that would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but mean like. It. But like the thing is as well with timing, you think you can you you think you can fix timing, but it's like no. Sometimes you can't. Like sometimes I can't fix timing. Timing. You know? The thing about timing, timing totally. When it comes to the relationship between timing and and the intensity and the feel, you know, right. if you mess with any of those things, you can lose. It's like a triangle, and you can lose one of them. You know, and. The one that's hardest to replace is the emotion. Though. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, and also the tone. You know, it's like if if you're if you're punching a line that's like you got the whole song down, you're punching a line, you keep going over the punch. Oh, let's get it, let's get it. You lose the tone. Yeah. Right, and then you 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 think you got it, and then you listen to the whole song down loud on the mains, and you're like, what were we thinking? That sounds like <laughs> it's not even part of the same song, and then you got to cut it again. So uh, it's like there's lots of variables when cutting a vocal, and I think pitch is really just one of them and i will say that like you know when it gets when you're in a session from like you know you start at 6 p.m and you go until like 6 a.m or 7 a.m and it's like 4 a.m and the singer's in the booth and they're tired a little bit of auto-tune can help a little bit when someone's yeah, getting yeah. tired you <laughs> yeah, know what i mean yeah it does help no. but yeah you know it is, it is an effect and 
and and it can be using as effect and i and i love the people that use it as effect but i just wouldn't want to listen to i just you know i think it serves a genre and a purpose right. you know it's great on trap music it's great in edm yeah. it's great like with these guys and, and and whatever else but it's like i don't want to i don't want to listen to adele singing for autotune yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying i want to hear her naked you know what and on that we're gonna we're gonna end this because that 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 kind of sums it all up right there, brother. And and I'm so glad that you're at the helm of Antares. And it oh, makes me you. feel really good about the company. It makes me feel really good about Autotune. And you have the the best perspective. And I just want to encourage listeners out there that, you know what? If you're on the fence about Autotune and if you're on the fence of whether or not you, you know, you want to try it, you know, go for it. It's a tool, you know, and this is coming from the, the guy who owns the company. So I cannot say enough good things about Antares and I cannot say enough good things about, about Autotune and all their, all their, their software. So, um, go visit them. You can go to autotune.com. Okay. They'll redirect you. Go check out all their products that they have because they are an amazing company. And We're releasing something big very soon. Nice. Well, we're going to have the, you know what? We're going to have you come back too because we almost got in a sidebar and, and I had to stop it because I want to bring you back. And that's talking about cutting vocals in general because that, that in and of itself is, is a great, great fun topic. And uh, there's some really good things. Good stuff there. All right. Well, hey, listen, um, if you want to reach us at the Audio Nowcast, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. And, um, you know, we're basically we're starting the podcast. This is Audio Nowcast 2.0. We're starting from scratch. So I really want to encourage you, you know, our listeners that are out there with us still, you know, the seven of you. <laughs> We're going to build this up and we need to build this up again. So, you know, tell your friends and any of your audio buddies or anything like that. I really want to get Facebook like likes up. We're going to do more stuff. We're going to be really more active on social media. Um, and uh, we're just going to have a really, really great time. But before we go, really quick, um, Bobby Osinski, uh, can you talk about anything? You up to anything that you want to? A lot of infrastructure things on uh, my website and courses and things like that. Uh, um, lots of releases coming up, so we'll talk about it next time. All right. I, you know what? You're really active. I see emails and I see all kinds of stuff coming down the pipe from you, Bobby. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It warms my soul. A little bit of Bobby every day. <laughs> and uh, and Jess, how about you? You uh, you working with anybody that you can talk about right now? Or any releases coming out yeah, on the I music mean, side? The usuals. You know, I was just in London with ASAP Rocky. We're going to get back in next week. Um, I'm working on this kid, actually. He's amazing. He's, um, he's 15 years old. His name's AJ Mitchell. And he's... Um, He's 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 a musical genius, and his his voice is insane. Wow! And I don't use auto tune on him. <laughs> that's he's that's ridiculous. incredible. He's a ridiculous singer, that, that, so talented. Fifteen years old. That's um that says a lot. Hey Rob, how about you? You working on anything you wanna you wanna talk about or? Not so much right now. I'm traveling like a crazy person. I'm looking forward to getting back to L.A. and seeing you guys in person. I was actually at the Maiden Voyage in our new uh, podcast home a few weeks ago, so it was nice to be there in person. Yes. But, uh, I'm looking forward to getting back there and seeing you all in person. I'd love to check out uh, Jess's new place. It sounds really cool. And, uh, yeah, just traveling in the meantime. Ken, how about you and this lovely sound brigade and your podcast studio? 
Everything's great over here, Mike. You know, we've been real busy working on a feature film, and we got a couple of really cool upgrades that we'll be doing to the podcast room, which you'll see over the next couple of podcasts. Um, yeah, man, just doing that Sound Brigade thing. And uh, Bliss, I, I know there's some episodes coming down the pipe that you, you're going to be working on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For spaces. I'm really excited about that, doing a lot of travel. Um, a lot of changes are in the works, but I can't really talk about that now. <laughs> uh-huh. You got can't really talk about that. <laughs> You're not really an official panel member, so you can't talk yeah, about yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, how about you? What can't you talk about? <laughs> well, let's see. Um, I am uh, working on, on spaces and basically working on uh, building up the uh, – the podcast right now we're in podcast mode which is kind of fun and exciting um did some writing wrote the theme song for spaces actually on a pc um started it on a on an airplane and basically it kind of grew into what it grew into which is kind of fun and uh yeah um there's a we're we're gonna have to cover this in in another podcast but you know sometimes just changing your environment will will just will change your creative attitude Mm. and will inspiration will come come flooding in so on that note well hey listen um like i said if you have any comments or questions you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com that's audio at nowcastnetwork.com i want to uh thank the guys from sound brigade uh and their the podcast room and want to thank uh road microphones and also want to thank api who stuck with us the yes. whole time and they're hardcore sponsors uh, and um we may or not may or we may or may not be doing a uh, a spaces episode at the mothership uh-huh. at uh, at API. So uh, I'm just going to tease that. So for myself and from all the guys and Rob, who's somewhere in New York, about to go clubbing. <laughs> I'm ready. I'll be back in LA soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. for listening to the audio nowcast sponsored by api and west wave audio the audio nowcast is hosted by mike rodriguez thanks for listening we'll see you next time